Welcome back to the Jewish Growth Podcast. It is great to be with you. I'm Ken Brodkin. It's been so long since we've connected. And the last podcast I recorded way back in June, it's August as I'm recording, the last podcast was called The Last Sermon. But here we are. It wasn't the last sermon because we are back. And I've just been through a crazy amount of stuff uh, with my cross-country move. But here I am in Manalpa, New Jersey, and I'm very excited about my new position. But I'm also excited to be back here with you. And at some point, I will definitely be telling you more about my journey over the past number of weeks. But there's one thing that struck me a number of weeks ago, because earlier this summer, an unlikely video went viral on Twitter. It was a clip of someone named Rabbi Aryeh Moshe Leiser of Muncie, New York, and he's making a passionate speech about his love for Talmud and cold seltzer, of all things. And Rabbi Leiser says that his deepest desire is to check out of life on a Thursday night and have nothing but a Gemara Psachim with the Pirish of Rabbeinu David and a Rishus cold seltzer. And what this translates to is that he wants nothing but the tractate of Talmud on the topic of Passover, along with the medieval commentary known as Rabbeinu David, all topped off with an ice-cold seltzer. And the rabbi described this combination like you and I picture a vacation in Maui. Just give me a Talmud and a seltzer, and I'm in bliss. It's not the typical video in your Twitter feed, but it spread like wildfire. Why was this man so overjoyed thinking about this tractate of Talmud with cold seltzer? Why did this video captivate so many people? And that's an important question, and we're going to get back to that. When I saw the video, I thought it was like a little bit of consolation in a social media world that's not always so comforting. These days, we're in a new section of the Jewish year called the Shiva de Nechamta, the seven weeks of consolation. There are seven weeks prior to Rosh Hashanah, and it's during these weeks that we re- read a number of Haftarot, words of consolation from Yeshayahu, Isaiah. And these Haftarot begin with the words, Nachamu, Nachamu, Ami, Dabera Alev Yerushalayim. Comfort, comfort my people. Speak unto the heart of Jerusalem. And the prophet proceeds to describe a future time. Panu he declares, straighten the path in the plain unto our God. Let every valley be raised and every mountain and hill be lowered. Isaiah is describing the formation of a clear path. And when that path will open, it becomes possible to see something. But what is that something? The prophet continues, V'nigla kavod Hashem, v'ra'u kol basar yachtav kifi Hashem diber. The glory of God will be revealed, and all flesh will perceive together that the mouth of God has spoken. And so this is the comfort. In a future time, all flesh will perceive the word of God. It seems hard to think of something more comforting than the word of God. If God speaks to us as a people, then we are comforted knowing the path that lies ahead of us. Taking a level further, our connection to God's word is not only comforting, but it actually gives us life in this world. At the start of Devarim chapter 4, after recounting how the Jews who served the idolatry of Baal Peor were wiped away, Moshe tells the Jewish people, 
You who cling unto Hashem, your God, you are all living today. Devarim, Deuteronomy, continually emphasizes this message of life as Moshe reminds the Jewish people, not with your fathers alone did God make this covenant, but rather with all of us living here today. And so the word of God is not only comforting, but it is a source of life. I think about this rabbi on the video spontaneously just like exulting in his love of Talmud study. It's like he's emotionally declaring what we say in davening at Mariv, in Mariv at night. Ki heim chayenu. The words of Torah are our life and the length of our days. But there is a problem because the Jewish people later suggest the very opposite, that the word of God leads to death, the exact opposite of life. Prior to recounting the Aserat Hadibrot, the Ten Commandments, Moshe describes the fear that the Jewish people felt at the foot of Sinai. Moshe says, And you said, We have seen Hashem our God, His glory and His greatness, and His voice we heard from midst the fire. Today we've seen that God can speak with a man and live. But why should we die? If we continue to persist and hear the word of God, we shall die. And this is the exact opposite of what we learned earlier. The Jewish people fear that they're going to die if they hear the word of God. And that fear is actually confirmed when Moshe describes the future of Jewish exile. From that future exile, the Jewish people will eventually recall their history, Moshe says, and they will ask, Has such a great matter ever transpired? Has it ever been heard? Has a nation ever heard the word of God speaking from the fire as you heard and lived? It sounds like this, that the natural result of hearing the word of God is that you die. The Jewish people were just unique because they heard the word of God and lived. And so they said to Moshe, give us some protection. You go hear the word of God, lest we die. And so we have a great paradox. Because on the one hand, it seems that the word of God is and should be a source of life, a pinnacle of of comfort and redemption. And on the other hand, the Jewish people were frightened by the word of God, fearing that it would lead to nothing less than death. So how do we resolve that paradox? In truth, God is the creator of life. God is your life and the length of your days. On the other hand, the human soul is eternal. It transcends this world. And so life and death really are two sides of the same coin. Think about Eliyahu, Elijah, who was so closely connected to God that his soul eventually rode in a chariot unto a higher realm. God's word is a source of life, and yet we may think that too much proximity to God could rip our souls right out of our bodies and propel us to life in the next world. And so the Jewish people were afraid that clinging to the word of God could lead them prematurely to the hereafter. And what they learned is that it is possible to hear the word of God 
and remain living in this world. Here's another way of thinking about it. On the one hand, the Torah is the word of God and it infuses us with life. And at the same time, our very study of the word of God reminds us that there's something deeper and more permanent than life in this world. What is life? This past Wednesday, I actually had a plumbing issue in my bathroom as water leaked from the the bathroom through the ceiling into the family room. I look at this and I think, what's life? It's taking care of my pipes, my ceiling. Life is our groceries. It's our mortgage, the clothes on our back. Or maybe it's a weekend away that we need to go and rejuvenate. That's how we're used to thinking about life. But when we get down to it, true life is something much deeper. Life is connection to the word of God that guides us to our purpose, our why. Life is connection to something much more permanent than just the roof over our heads. It's our connection to God through the mitzvot. Let's go back to that video on Twitter. Here you have a man who's in utter joy over nothing more than a chapter of Talmud talking about the Passover Seder and a cold can of seltzer. Why did this video catch so much attention? The video showed something profound. Here you have a person passionately talking about his greatest love, the Torah. That emotion is rare and precious. We're used to hearing people revel in all sorts of things, their favorite sports team, luxury cars, exotic vacations. And here's a person reveling, not in a sensual experience, but in the words of Talmud, interpreting mitzvot and the Torah. And so here's an important thing to consider. This was a very special rabbi in the video, but you don't have to be a rabbi to love the Torah. As Isaiah comforts us, he declares that the word of God is accessible for everyone. That, after all, is the message of Shema at the end of the Parsha that we proclaim twice a day. The Torah teaches us, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad V'yahavta, and you shall love Hashem your God. And this Shema is the national anthem of the entire Jewish people. The words every Jew recites morning and night. And Shema begins with love of God. But how does every Jew, average Jews like you and me, how do we come to love God? And the answer lies in the following verse. You shall place these words upon your heart. And Rashi comments that when you learn Torah, place words of Torah upon your heart, you learn to recognize God and cling to his ways. I thought about this love when I saw that video on Twitter. I thought about that love just watching my own son this week learn Torah at our kitchen table. But here's the thing. We can all make that connection. You don't have to be a great scholar like the rabbi from Muncie. You can be any Jew, a rabbi, or perhaps you don't know Hebrew. Yet every Jew can study Torah. These days you can pick up an English work. It could be the works of Jonathan Sachs or study Pirkei Avot in any language. You could download Parsha videos from Rabbi Foreman at alephbeta.org. Download the OU Mishnah app or get emails with the Nach Yomi, the daily chapter of Tanakh. You could tune in, of course, to the Jewish Growth Podcast. The amazing thing about our times is that 
with a click of button of a button, the Torah is accessible. And that's a critical thing for you to know in your personal journey as a growing Jew. And so during the seven weeks of consolation, remember that you can infuse words of Torah into your life, be it five minutes of Torah at a lunch break at work or some reading on a Shabbos afternoon. And as we grow in our connection to Torah learning, there's no question that we are going to perceive what Isaiah said, Kifi Hashem Diber, that the mouth of God has spoken. Thanks for being with me. I'm Ken Brodkin, and this is the Jewish Growth Podcast.